All right, we're in Amos chapter 9 tonight. And we'll just read verse 1. By way of introduction, Amos chapter 9, verse 1. I saw the Lord standing upon the altar, and he said, Smite the lintel of the door, that the posts may shake, and cut them in the head, all of them, and I will slay the last of them uh, with the sword. He that fleeth of them shall not flee away, and he that escapeth of them shall not be uh, delivered. <clears throat> Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you uh, for your word tonight. I thank you for the hope we have of being before you one day and uh, uh, worshiping you and uh, in our glorified bodies, dear God, and what a what a wonderful uh, prospect and hope and, and confidence, Lord, that is. And we thank you that that has been wrought for us in Christ. And, and God, we praise your name. And Lord, I ask for the filling of your Spirit tonight. Fill me with your Spirit. Help me just ministering the word uh, to your church tonight. Fill Sister Sandra with your Spirit, watching the children and. I thank you for the good services this morning, the Sunday school hour, the worship hour, for all those who came, for your word that went forth. And, and God, uh, truly, we, uh, we are in awe of your word. It, it is a living word. It is a powerful word. And Father, we're thankful that our lives can be changed as we trust you and as we call upon your name, God, and as we follow your word. And uh, we are, are the blessings, we are the recipients of those blessings that come with it, God. And, so, Father, we thank you and we, and we praise you. We're thankful that our, our petitions are before you tonight as we have prayed. And, and Lord, uh, we look to uh, the one who, who knows us best and loves us most. And God, who, uh, who can and will answer those things by according to your will and for our good and for your glory. And so please help us in that, God, and, uh, and help us to be faithful. We know that you're going to appear suddenly. And you have told us to occupy until you come. And so I pray you'd help us to be faithful in doing that. And Father, we pray, we ask these things in Jesus' name for his glory. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> All right. So we saw Amos uh, last week. He continued his visions and saw uh, Israel as a basket of uh, summer fruit. And we spoke how... The summer fruit is the last of the fruit uh, of, the, of the season. There's not going to be more coming. Uh, the summer fruit is going to uh, quickly spoil. And that's much of what Israel had come to in their situation. And uh, so God had pronounced the judgments that were, that were uh, coming upon them in, uh, in chapter 8. And they had confirmed those things even earlier in the, in the, in, in, in the book of Amos. And how uh, he was going to bring these judgments um, uh, along, and uh, he continues here in uh, in verse in, in uh, chapter nine and verse one, kind of along the same regards there, prophesying of those things that will come. <clears throat> and now, when he says in verse one here, I saw the Lord standing before the altar, uh, and smite the lintel, and he said, smite the lintel of the door that the posts may shake and cut them in the head he's talking about this we need to remember that uh that uh amos is preaching in uh in the northern kingdom this is not the, the temple in jerusalem he's speaking of these are this is the this is the uh uh the altar in bethel and the temple in samaria that's what is is going to be judged here 
uh, as the northern kingdom uh, has refused to come back at the calling and wooing of God. And uh, remember, God's been good to them even at this time. He's, he's, he's enlarged their borders. He did send some uh, specific judgments like the rain and such that in, in a way that they could know it was God trying to reach them. Uh, and, uh, and yet they would not uh, turn to that. So he says, uh, he, says, uh, he says, smite the lintel of the door that the posts may shake. And when we think of a building, what is one of the, one of those, what is one of the most sturdy places of a building? Where do they tell you to go in an earthquake or something? You know, get, get in between a door jam or something because you have the extra supports there in the wall. And so uh, that's usually the, uh, among the strongest portions uh, 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 of a building. And so for, the, for, the, for, the, for this enforced structure to be shaking, it's an indication that the whole is about to come down. And uh, that's certainly uh, what, uh, uh, what God is uh, going to bring judgment upon them and this chastening. Uh, and it's interesting, he says, I saw the Lord standing upon the altar. Here we see the Lord himself is standing as, as in a sense, the commander and the director over the destruction of Israel. <laughs> You know, God is still, he really is control, okay? He really is God. He's not just applying for the job, okay? He is in control. And uh, he's directing evil, even over the destruction of his people, uh, which he is going to uh, allow. One of the, 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 one of the great mysteries of God is that not only mysteries in, in the New Testament sense of, of those things that had been revealed, but I mean mysteries in the sense of things we perhaps don't yet understand, is, is how the sovereignty of God works with the free will of man. And uh, to me, that's a great mystery. That's where we don't step in and try to define and go what we, what, what, what beyond what the Bible says. I have a choice, and God is sovereign. God lets me choose, and he's still sovereign. Explain that, preacher, I can't. <laughs> Uh, all I know is he knew what I was going to choose before I chose it, okay? And, uh, and he worked that into his plan. He said, well, what, what if you chose different? Well, he already knew that. He already would have known that too, okay? And he, he wouldn't have had to change his plan because he would, know that I, he would have known I changed my mind, five, my mind five times and then made the decision. You see what I'm saying? Uh, God, you, you just, we just can't figure out God in our head because it hurts too much, okay? He's bigger than we are. He's grander than we are. And uh, that's where one the, truly one of the mystery lays is, is God's sovereignty and, and, and our free will. Uh, but he, uh, he is directing over this, even though these, you know, these, these nations want to move and, uh, and, you know, and conquer Israel, he's going to let them do that. Surely you know, uh, they'll be in on that, and, uh, and God will be using it for his glory um, as well. Uh, and so he uh, goes on to say there in... Uh, uh, he says uh, they're, not, they're not going to skate. Uh, verse 2, Though they dig into hell, then shall mine hand take them. Though they climb up to heaven, thence will I bring them down. Though they hide themselves in the top of Carmel, I will search and take them out thence. And though they be hid from my sight in the bottom of the sea, thence will I command the serpent, and he shall bite them. And so here we see, of course, uh, the, uh, the omnipresence and omnipotence uh, and the omniscience of God. God is everywhere. Uh, if he is uh, coming after you, you are not going to escape, okay? Uh, there's, there's going to be no, uh, no escape for them. Uh, neither the height of Carmel uh, nor the depths of the sea will serve as a refuge uh, from God's judgment. 
those who have uh, studied the land and surveyed and such tell us there are mul uh, as a multiple systems of caves in Mount Carmel and such, perhaps where, where, they, where they could have uh, endeavored to hide themselves and such. Maybe that's what God was referring to as well. Uh, but obviously the height of the Carmel, the depth of the sea, you're not, you, can, you can climb to the top, you can go to the bottom uh, uh, of your abilities as far as hiding, the top of the mountain, the bottom of the sea, but you're not going to, uh, to escape. And, uh, and uh, David uh, expressed this truth in, uh, in uh, Psalm 139 and verse 7. Now, of course, David's kind of had a good connotation in the fact that we're saved and uh, we can't hide from God. You say, well, I don't think that's too good. Well, then you must be running from God, okay? Uh, but uh, if we're believers, we, we want to be close to God, right? And we understand that when I, when, I, when I stray from God, it's good that he come find me, amen? It's good that he knows where I'm at. It's good that he, like the shepherds, take that rod, is expert with that rod, and he hurls that and hits me right where I need to be hit at the time to bring me back into, into the path. It's good that like a loving shepherd, he takes, that, he takes that staff and it has that crook in it and he puts it around my neck and brings me back to him to pull me from danger. It's good that the Lord is my shepherd, amen? And, uh, and so we don't fear his omnipresence and his omniscience, or we shouldn't fear it uh, like the lost do. However, the lost uh, should fear it. <laughs> and, uh, and by the way, the Christian who is running from God and thinking God won't notice should fear it as well, amen? Uh, and uh, uh, it's a chastening. Uh, no chastening for the present is, is joyous, but grievous, the Bible tells us. And so, uh, uh, but God does chasten us in love. Uh, David declared, Psalm 139, verse 7, Whither shall I go from thy spirit? Whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. And uh, uh, God holds us in his right hand, that hand of strength and power. We're kept uh, by the power of God. And thank God, uh, thank God for that. So they're not going to hide from God. Uh, well, uh, they'll, uh, we'll be taken captive, and, and then I'll just kind of disappear into the land, and God will be done with me. No, he won't. Uh, if, if they're still rebelling against God, God will be there after them in the land. And uh, it, it doesn't stop when they get carried out of the land. They're still supposed to, as, as believers, they're supposed to be walking with God. His chasing won't stop on those individuals just because they get carried away into, into a foreign land, okay? They still need to seek him out. And, and God still wants to draw them back. Why? For, for his glory, which is for their good. Just, just like you and I. That is always, always the case in the way that God works. Uh, verse 4, And though they go into captivity before their enemies, there it is, thence will I command the sword, and it shall slay them. So just because they're now in, the, in a foreign land doesn't mean that they're, you know, they're safe from God's chastening hand. And I will set mine eyes upon them for evil and not for good. That, doesn't that just kind of make the hair in the back of your neck stand up? That God's seeking, uh, uh, seeking to chasten them and, and uh, uh, like that. And, and of course, you know, when uh, God had brought them out of Egypt and, and God uh, spoke to them through Moses, all that they had to look forward to in the promised land if they would obey him, and all the world they had to look forward to what? If they decided, well, we don't need God, and they began worshiping all the other gods of the lands, which, of course, uh, the northern kingdom certainly did, and actually the southern kingdom uh, did as well. 
which was their demise. Uh, but uh, in uh, Deuteronomy 28:15, uh, and, and in those chapters there, he speaks of all the blessings that would come upon them uh, if they would follow. And he speaks of the curses that would come upon them if they didn't. Deuteronomy 28:15. It shall come to pass, if thou wilt not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe to do all his commandments and his statutes, which I command thee this day, that all these curses shall come upon thee and overtake thee. And on and on they go. And then Deuteronomy 28:63. And it shall come to pass that as the Lord rejoiced over you to do good and to multiply you, so the Lord will rejoice over you to destroy you and to bring you to naught. And ye shall be plucked from off the land whither thou goest to possess it. You say, well, preacher, I'm not real comfortable with the... I'm comfortable with God rejoicing over me and to be good to me, but I'm not real comfortable with Him rejoicing over me to over them to destroy them. What does that mean? Well, listen, God rejoices in righteousness, amen? When God does righteously, He rejoices. It is righteous to chasten His people. It is righteous to bring judgment. And so uh, God is love and righteousness uh, and holiness at the same time, okay? He doesn't forsake one for the other. Uh, one, not, one is not diminished for the other. And so he is the perfect balance in, 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 in all of those things. Uh, and he, on and on he goes. Uh, and he, he says he'll draw them and he'll, he, will, he will chasten them. And then Leviticus 26, 23, and if you will not be... And if ye will not be reformed by me by these things, but will walk contrary unto me, then will I also walk contrary unto you, and will punish you yet seven times, another perfect balance uh, punishment for your sins. I will bring a sword upon you, and, shall, and that shall avenge the quarrel of my covenant. And when ye are gathered together within your cities, I will send pestilence. And he goes on there. So all the different things that he would do. And certainly this is one of them. He's going to bring these conquering nations upon them. Uh, to remove them out of, uh, out of their land. Uh, verse 5 in Amos 9, And the Lord God of hosts is he that toucheth the land, and it shall melt, and all that dwell therein shall mourn, and it shall rise up wholly like a flood, and shall be drowned as by the flood of Egypt. God's judgment upon the land of Israel is kind of obvious. When we read what the land was like, when God moved them uh, out of Egypt into it, and we compare it to what the land is like today, uh, it's obviously that it's obvious that God's judgment has fallen uh, upon that land. You might remember that when uh, God was taking them out of the Egypt, He uh, spoke in Exodus 3:8 uh, to Moses, "And I am come down to deliver them out of the land of the Egyptians, and to bring them up." out of that land unto a good land and a large unto a land flowing with milk and honey and unto the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites and all those otherites and he's going to bring them up there but it's a land flowing with milk and honey uh, what is he saying there well it is a it is presented as a rich fertile agricultural land is what he's saying there the presence of milk indicates the abundance of grasslands to support the, 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 the livestock that produce milk. 
The presence of honey uh, shows the abundance of the bees to, uh, to, 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 to spread the pollen and the fruit trees and, and, and the gardens. And it's a picture of an agricultural land that is abundant and, and fertile and ready to go. It's one that God has been tending. Uh, God went on to say about that land in De- Deuteronomy 11.10, For the land whither thou goest to possess, it is not, the la- is not as the land of Egypt. <laughs> now, they had some gardens in Egypt, and uh, they had some uh, pretty good produce there. They had to work hard for it, though. He goes on to say, it's not, it's not like the land of Egypt. <laughs> he says, From whence ye came out, where thou sowedest thy seed, and waterest it with thy foot. Excuse me, as a garden of herbs. So they had some kind of a pump set up where they would have, where they had irrigation, and they would have to, in a sense, have to artificially water it. Uh, they had, uh, and so they that they would water it. They they did their agriculture in that way. He says, the land where I'm sending you, it's not like that. The land where I'm sending you, but the land with that with with the ego to possess it, is a land of hills and valleys, and drinketh water of the rain of heaven. A land which the Lord thy God careth for. God is, is the care, caretaker. For the eyes of the Lord thy God are always upon it. Uh, from the beginning of the year, even unto the end of the year. And uh, uh, quite a picture uh, of, of, uh, of a place there. Uh, and uh, of the a fertile agricultural land. And uh, they wouldn't have to do that in Canaan. Uh, God waters the land. And, uh, and, God, and God takes care of it. Now, Israel uh, produces a lot of agriculture today, but uh, it is not because of the fertility of the land. You can bet on that. Uh, God, in mercy, has allowed them through technology uh, uh, to, uh, I think I read in one place, provide 95% of their own needs agriculturally and, and still get some from others. But in reading one of those situations, or reading about it, it also said this. It said, agriculture in Israel is highly developed industry Israel is a major exporter of fresh produce and a world leader in agricultural technologies, despite the fact that the geography of the country is not naturally, not now, is not naturally conducive to agriculture. Uh, More than half of the land is desert, and the climate and lack of water resources do not favor farming. Uh, Only 20% of the land land area is naturally arable. And so that certainly testifies uh, to God's judgment upon the land. It was a land where you just went, you planted it, you, and the rain came when they were supposed to come, and, and the bees were there, you know, and, and, and the herds had plenty, had plenty of grasses to eat, and it was just flowing with milk and honey. Well, God has since judged that place, and, and the very, very land of it is, is, is obvious. You think about Jesus when he was tempted upon the mount. The tempter came to him and said, Matthew 4, 3, If thou be the Son of God, command these stones that, be, that they may be made bread. Anybody here ever visit Israel? Uh, Brother Dennis? Well, did you notice anything on the ground a lot over there? I've heard, I've heard different testimonies about this. But, but, but you know, the, when Jesus was on the mount, he, he said, uh, the devil commanded him that one of these stones be made bread. Did you notice any stony ground over there? <laughs> yeah. They say, it's all over. And uh, uh, think about that. And Jesus, when he was teaching how that, how that you know, uh, he, he, he's a good father and he, he provides our needs. And he compared to us, he compared himself to us who are evil by nature, how we even take care of our children. And uh, how much more does God, who's good, 
and he says, he says in Matthew 7, 9, What man is there of you whom if his son asks bread, will he give him a stone? Jesus often used illustrations that were right at hand. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and they certainly were right at hand in Israel with a lot of stone and a lot of, a lot of dry land. And by the way, when you pick up one of those stones, what? It looked like a loaf of bread that they would make uh, in those times. And so it was similar to that. And, uh, and it's interesting uh, in regards to that. And who is pronouncing all this? It's the Lord of hosts. He is the one uh, that, is, that is pronouncing this. He's the Lord of armies. It's going to be an army that comes and destroy them. He has the final say in, in the going out and coming in uh, of all armies. And he will use them uh, uh, to do his will. Verse 6 says, It is he that buildeth his stories in the heaven, and hath founded his troop in the earth. Uh, he that calleth for the waters of the sea, and pour them out upon the face of the earth. The Lord is his name. <clears throat> this is the Lord, <clears throat> the Lord of hosts. And so uh, <clears throat> he is the one who, uh, who builds his stories uh, in the heavens. And that, that word there has the idea of steps or stairs. Uh, it's translated uh, dial, the dial of Ahab. Uh, it's uh, translated go up uh, in the Psalms of degrees as they went up to Jerusalem to the feast they say it's, it's translated degrees in, in reference to those Psalms that has the ideas of stairs or, uh, or, uh, or going up and, uh, and we, th we think about that he's the Lord that buildeth his stories uh, in the heaven and uh, you know I think about that and uh, we think about when the Queen of Sheba came to visit Solomon. She heard of his wisdom and, and the glory of his kingdom and such. And, and he showed her around the kingdom. And, and, uh, and the Bible says in 1 Kings 10.4, And when the Queen of Sheba had seen all Solomon's wisdom and the house that he had built and the meat of his table and the sitting of his servants and the attendance of his ministers, and their apparel, and his cupbearers, and his ascent, by which he went up unto the house of the Lord, the steps, there was no more spirit in her. She was just breathless at, 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 all, at, at all that God, all the stuff that God had blessed him with. By the way, God did that. Why? Because he started out with the right heart. Amen. Because you haven't asked for all these things, and you've asked for wisdom to direct my people, you're getting that, and I'm giving you all these things. That's what God did to Solomon. And boy, the Queen of Sheba saw that, and she was like, wow. And you know, I, I, often, I often think about, as I read through my Bible and devotions, you read the, the Queen of Sheba and the others that, 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 that visited Solomon and looked at the splendor of his kingdom, and their comment is something like this. Well, God must have really loved Israel to make you king over him. <laughs> that, 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 that was the comment of the heathen. No, uh... Solomon sought, Solomon sought God, and, 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 uh, and, and Solomon, uh, his, his increase came what? Not, not because of who he was, but because of the heart with which he sought God, amen? And the blessings came from that. But the, but the lost mindset was, wow, you're really great. Look at all this stuff you put together, you know? You're a great leader. That's, God, God saw you and said, wow, look how wonderful Solomon is. I'll make him king over my people. That's what they thought, you know? 
but but we know that we know difference because we have the story, amen. And uh, we know that uh, that God uh, allowed Solomon to become because of what was inside of Solomon, and by the way, inside of Solomon towards God, and toward and towards people, uh, and and towards ruling his people, and so that indeed is a blessing. So she sees the ascent, and she uh, just faints at the grand at the grandeur of it all, and this idea is building stories in the heavens. Thinking about that. You know, the Bible tells us in Second Chronicles 12, 2, uh, Paul's uh, recalling his sufferings and persecutions. And he says in Second Corinthians 12, 2, I knew a man in Christ 14 years ago, whether in the body I cannot tell or whether out of the body I cannot tell, God knoweth. I don't know if I was dead or alive. I don't know if I was still alive and in my body and saw that vision. I don't, not sure if I had died uh, and, and saw that, 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 that man and, 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 and in that vision. But he, but he said this he, he, about, about that vision. I cannot tell. He says, see, he saw such an one caught up unto what? The third heaven. The third heaven. And we know the Bible teaches uh, us that there are three heavens. There's the heaven where the birds fly and the clouds float and all that. Uh, there's the heaven where the planets and the stars are. Birds and, and clouds and... and heavens and stars and God is in what the third heaven and uh, I was thinking about that his story is in the heaven you know she was amazed at the ascent of the of Solomon's as he went up the steps to the temple can you imagine how amazed we're going to be when we go up the step through the through the first heaven uh, through the second heaven and to the third heaven we go up to the scent of where God dwells hey what Solomon had that ain't nothing all right that is nothing compared to the ascent of, of, of the throne where, where God sits and uh, what, what an amazing thing and there are multiple uh, uh, interpretations on what exactly that steps may mean uh, there and uh, uh, that's just one of them I think that would be would, that would perhaps be uh, be uh, be applicable uh, his stories he built his stories in the heaven and he founded his he founded his troop in the earth and again there he is control of all that's on, that's on the earth and every troop that goes out is under his ultimate control uh, the heathen uh, the, uh, one prophet says is your hand he, he directs the heathen what to do his will as far as chastening and judgment oh they think they're doing their thing but God knows what he's doing amen and he won't and they can't do a thing unless what he initiates it or allows it one or the other he's in ultimate in, in, in ultimate control uh, and we see God is pictured as being in the heavens uh, remember Genesis 18 20 and 21 uh, in uh, uh, Solomon Gomorrah's is uh, is about ready to be judged and and the Bible says and the Lord said uh, the cry of Solomon and Gomorrah is great and because their sin is very grievous I will go down now and see I'll descend down and see whether they have done together according to the cry of it which has come unto me and if not I will know and so we have a God picturing himself show uh, as, as we go up to him he comes down to us and so it, that may be involved in this thing of uh, of his he, he built his stories um, in the heaven <clears throat> Uh, verse 7 are you not as children of the Ethiopians unto me O children of Israel saith the Lord have not I brought you, brought you up out of it uh, up have not I brought up Israel out of the land of Egypt and the Philistines from Kaphtar and the Syrians from Kerr you see they they were thinking as some still do today 
and, and as some probably still will be doing during the tribulation period, as far as Israel goes, they were thinking that just because they were of fleshly, physical Israel, they were favored of God, spiritually, uh, and, and, and in regards to salvation. They were thinking that. Uh, many of them thought that. And God is, is, is correcting them. You think, yes, I brought you up out of Egypt. Yes, I chose to use your nation. He would bring Christ to them. He would give them the scriptures. We got a lot through the nation of Egypt. He says, but I've brought others up from captivity. I've been good to others. I have been good to you. I have been good to others. I have judged others. And you think, just because I called you up out of Egypt, that I will not chasten you? <laughs> You think that, that, that because, you know, uh, you, were, uh, uh, you are an Israelite as far as your physical birth, that you will be sheltered from my judgment and chastisement? <laughs> You're, you better think again. And uh, because God, God is in control. And so he tells them that. Now he says, uh, uh, he says, uh, <clears throat> I mentioned about the Ethiopians, I think it was, he said, uh, Are you not as the children of Ethiopia to me, O children of Israel? What's he saying there? Well, the Ethiopians, though there were many of them at one point, were, destro were destroyed, unable to recover. We read about that in Second Chronicles 14.9. Uh, the Bible says, There came out against Zerah, there came out against them, Zerah the Ethiopian, with a host of a thousand thousand. That's a million. Uh, that's a big army and 300 chariots and, and came unto Marisha and Asa went out against him this is king of Judah obviously and they set the battle in array uh, before Amos time uh, in the valley of, uh, in valley of Zephatha and Marisha and Asa cried unto the Lord his God and said Lord there is nothing with thee to help whether by many uh, uh, or with them that have no power sounds like Jonathan's prayer when he was coming up there to the Philistines you know uh, he goes on, help us, O Lord our God. There's probably one of them, uh, one of them uh, uh, commands to God. Help us, uh, uh, O Lord our God, for we rest on thee, and in thy name we go against this multitude. O Lord, thou art God, let not man prevail against thee. So the Lord smote the Ethiopians before Asa and before Judah, and the Ethiopians fled. And Asa and the people that were with him pursued them unto Gerar, and the Ethiopians were overthrown, and they could not recover themselves, for they were destroyed before the Lord and before his hosts, and they carried away very much spoil. So at this time, uh, the Ethiopians to the Israelites were considered a, 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 an, an, an inconsequential people. And, uh, and uh, you know, they can just be done away. And God says, Are you not as the children of Ethiopia unto me, O children of Israel? Hey, I can, you, you think they are nothing? Well, if you obey me, if you disobey me, you're not going to escape uh, chastisement. I will judge you. And, uh, and, uh, and so you think they are nothing. Well, when you don't serve me, in, in a sense, I think that you are nothing. <laughs> and uh, uh, now God's always had his remnant, uh, granted. Uh, but remember, they are not all Israel, which are what? Of Israel, right? Uh, God is looking uh, to, to Israel uh, to, for, for, his, for his Israel not only to be Israel of the flesh but, but also to be Israel of the spirit. Amen. That's a true Israelite. And uh, both. And uh, 
Uh, remember that the, the Israel and the church, the church doesn't replace Israel, okay? Uh, but a true Israelite is one who is a true Israelite in the flesh and in the spirit and believing and trusting in the Lord. And so that's kind of what God is saying here. And uh, some of these likely, uh, likely, uh, likely were not uh, and would be, would be punished. Don't think you're so special that you become proud and presumptuous. I've delivered other nations from bondage as well. I've judged them. I, I've delivered you, and I can chasten you as well. Uh, verse 8, Behold, the eyes of the Lord are gone, are, of God are upon the sinful kingdom, and I will destroy it from, uh, from the face of the earth. And he did destroy uh, that, that kingdom there. And, of course, there, there would be a remnant. Uh, there was all, has always been uh, uh, a remnant. And this came to pass as we... Uh, mentioned uh, among those curses that Moses said would come upon them. Deuteronomy 28 and 63 shall come to pass that as the Lord rejoiced over you to do good, to multiply you, that he rejoiced over you to destroy you, to bring you to naught. And he goes on to say in Deuteronomy 28 64, and the Lord shall scatter thee among all people from the one end of the earth even unto the other, and there shalt thou serve other gods from which neither thou nor thy fathers have known even wood, uh, even wood and stone. And so uh, he would scatter them. And of course, he would scatter them throughout the civilized kingdom, the northern kingdom. Through, uh, he would scatter them through the Assyrian conquer uh, throughout the civilized kingdom. Now, when, when Judah was taken, they were pretty much gathered to Babylon. But Israel was scattered abroad. And, and other nations were brought into the northern kingdom to take their place. So it was a little bit more extensive scattering with the Assyrian captivity uh, than it was for the Babylonian captivity upon Judah. And so God brings that to pass. But I think that there is a prophetic tone here as well because Israel now has been what? Scattered throughout the whole world. Uh, we see them scattered uh, throughout, uh, throughout the whole world. And, but he goes on to say, end of verse 8, Saving that I will not utterly destroy the house of Jacob, saith the Lord. And why would he not do that? Because of the remnant. Amen. There's a remnant. And, uh, and, uh, and just as he would hunt down the rebels, even if they were uh, taken to a foreign land, he would protect uh, the believers, even though they were taken to a foreign land. Uh, he, would, he would watch over the remnant. E Ezekiel uh, eleven sixteen talks about that. Uh, and uh, he says, uh, Therefore, say, thus saith the Lord God, although I have cast them far off from among the heathen, uh, cast them far off among the heathen, and although I have scattered them among the countries, yet will I be to them as a little sanctuary in the countries where, I shall, where, where they shall come. I will take care. Yes, my yes, believing Israel will be carried away to foreign lands with, with unbelieving Israel, but guess what? I'm still coming after unbelieving Israel for, with chastening, and I'm still protecting the believers that are carried away. God's always been watching over them and, 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 will, and will continue in that. He'll not utterly, he'll not utterly destroy them. He'll bring them back. Uh, verse 9, For lo, I will command, and I will sift the house of Israel among all nations like as corn is sifted in a sieve, yet shall not the least grain fall upon the earth. So Israel's going to be scattered. And I think he's look, this is, has prophetic overtones as well, uh, looking to the tribulation period when God will be gathering Israel back to him and uh, uh, to get them ready to go into the millennium. And uh, 
he, uh, he says, uh, not the least grain uh, will fall upon the earth. And so what is going to happen uh, during the tribulation period, that Israel is going to be gathered and, and God is going to what? Purge out the rebels, according to the prophets. He's going to purge out uh, those who don't believe, who remain in their unbelief, and uh, there'll not be anybody uh, going into the tribulation period, I mean, into the uh, millennial, uh, in, as, as unbelievers. They're going to be believing at that time. The whole nation, the Bible talks about the whole nation uh, being, being, being saved there. Uh, and Ezekiel speaks about that uh, as well. Uh, but uh, uh, we'll get that to here in a second here. Uh, but he says uh, in Romans, we say, well, well, where's the remnant today? Where do you think they are? They're in the church, amen? The remnant of Israel today is in the church. That's where they're at. They're believing. Believing Israel is just that. They're believing. Uh, if you're believing Israel, you're, you, you, you're, you're a Jew. You have that heritage. But you also have believed in Christ. Because that, that's how far God has revealed now regarding the Messiah. So you, so you, so you are in debt to believe it. And so, uh, and so they, they have believed that. So they're, they're part of the remnant. But they're within the church now. And uh, we see that. Uh, Romans chapter 11 talks about that. Uh, Paul says, uh, I say then, hath God cast away his people? God forbid. I'm also am an Israelite of the seed of Abraham, the tribe of Benjamin. I'm an Israelite uh, uh, physically t uh, as well. He says, God did not cast away his people which he foreknew. What ye not, the scripture saith of Elias, that he, he maketh intercession unto God, saying, Lord, they had killed thy prophets and digged down thine altars. I'm left alone and they seek my life. Uh, but what was the answer of God unto him? I have reserved to me 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to the image of Baal, believing Israelites. And Paul continues, verse 5, Even so then at this present time, there is a remnant according what? To the election of grace, and the election of grace is the church. Amen. And uh, uh, we have been elected uh, to so much uh, because of the grace that's given to us in Christ Jesus. And every Jew who has believed, who has believed that, uh, we have what? We, we are made one body now in, in this time. They're one body with us. And, uh, and, uh, and, and, and by the way, if there's, you know, uh, there, there's, I'll, I'll, won't go there, but they're one body with us right now. Uh, look at verse 10. Uh, all sinners of my people shall die by the sword, which say the evil shall not overtake nor prevent us. Uh, Ezekiel chapter 20. Uh, Ezekiel is talking about the day of the Lord and the, and, and the coming, uh, coming millennium and, uh, and uh, prophesying about that in the context. And Ezekiel 20, 20, 33. As I live, saith the Lord, God, surely with a mighty hand and with a stretched out arm, and with fury poured out will I rule over you. What does that sound like? That sounds like God coming. That sounds like the Lord, the second coming of the Lord, doesn't it? Uh, he goes on, I will bring you out from the people, will gather you out from the countries wherein you are scattered, with a mighty hand and with a stretched out arm, and with fury poured out. Now, that's, that's God's gathering of Israel. That doesn't sound like, what was it, 1948 or something like that? That doesn't sound like that gathering, okay? Uh, it, it's, this is a different gathering. You say, well, does that have a part, something to do with it? Well, it might. I, you know, I, I don't, I, I'm not sure, but it's not the gathering God's talking about when he says, bring Israel back to the land. And he goes on, I will bring you into the wilderness of the people, and there will I plead with you face to face. 
That's a work that God's going to do with, with Israel in, in the tribulation period. And he goes on to say, Like as I plead with your fathers in the wilderness of the land of Egypt, so will I plead with you, saith the Lord God. I will cause you to pass under the rod. I will bring you into the bond of the covenant. Uh, and I will purge out from among you the rebels and them that trans, uh, uh, transgress against me. I will bring them forth out of the country where they sojourn, and they shall not enter into the land of Israel, and ye shall know that I am the Lord. So whatever things that God has for Israel uh, uh, in regards to that covenant, that millennial covenant with him, uh, believing Israel is going to go into the millennium and, and take part in that. They'll not, a sing not a single rebel will enter in. They will be purged out and, uh, by, God, by God during that time. And so he'll go on and we'll... I'm not going to try to finish this up uh, tonight. We'll go on and finish this up uh, uh, next uh, Sunday evening and maybe do a brief overview or whatever the Lord lays on my heart for that, for that time on Sunday night. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your goodness and blessings. And, and Lord, it's amazing uh, when we read the Old Testament prophets how, how we do see you as the commander and director of history. And uh, you, you mentioned what would happen uh, before it happened. You mentioned many times the players uh, in, in those wars, uh, the outcomes of them, what would come of it. Father, it's an amazing thing uh, to see history, uh, to see the events of history spoken before they happened. And God, uh, that, is, that has and should cause many to believe. I know it had a great part in my life. And, in, 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 Lord, when you called me into the ministry, and, and I thank you for that, Lord. And, and I pray you'd help us to remember that, 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 that we, are, uh, we, the church, are the ones that you're using now. We have a... We have a job to do. We have a witness to give to this world. We have a race to run. And, and we have those around us that are watching as well. Uh, even as others saw, uh, saw the heroes of the faith faithful. We need to see uh, others around us today need to see us faithful. Uh, dear God, they need to see us running our race, uh, Lord, and know that we are, are pilgrims and strangers, Lord, in this world. And I pray you'd help us to do that. Uh, Lord, uh, for your glory. And, and Father, now I thank you for another day to, to, to worship you. I thank you for another day to be here with, with God's people. And, and God, to hear your word preached and proclaimed has been such a blessing, Father, to be before you to sing praises unto your name. And, and Lord, now, uh, should you tarry, we, we, we get ready to go into the week. And with whatever opportunities you give us, Father, help us to, to, be, to be a blessing to others. Help us to to seek and pray for opportunities to, 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 to witness and, and to speak of your name, Father, and to somehow uh, be able to share with others about your love and about uh, the salvation that you would, would give them uh, in Christ Jesus if they would but, but, but come to you, if they would but, but call upon you, God. And uh, So please help us in that. I thank you for this church. I thank you for your grace, for your love toward us. And Father, I pray all these things in, in Christ's name. Amen.